Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. What's going on, everybody? Tennis bets back again. We're still in the Madrid Open for the second week. Uh, we're going to keep doing that every time they have this event with this expanded draw. But we got some experts here. Kenny Ducey, Zach Cohen, Alex Kruskin. They are very talented gamblers. They go through the highs and lows. They wear it on their sleeve. All the cliches you can consider. Uh, Gruskin, let's start with you. Good to see you again. You know, it's, uh, it's you know, I think there's a piano back there. You might play us a tune, but how's everything going? No, well, you know, I just I'll make Kenny more comfortable, I suppose. We'll go with the bricks instead. I didn't know it was that sort of mood, but the intro music This is this is real brick, by the way. People always ask if this is fake brick. This that is not real brick. I cannot I don't know, yours looks fake. Yeah, I can't go through mine either, so I think it's fair. But yeah, I've also I'm ready to roll up my sleeves to stick with the analogies and get ready to go here because it's the back end of this one thousand level event. Now it's showtime. Is this the red brick like you know, sit, you know, synergy that we're talking about where we talk about clay court tennis. Yeah, it's more of a I, mentality. I if you want to go, if we want to just do strict green screens for Wimbledon, I'm so down to do that. I have a green screen. We could just do green backgrounds. It'd be great. It's funny because Kenny, I know you all, all your favorite tennis players are clay court players too. So it's just perfect. It's uh, awesome. You know what I was at? I was, I have a quick story. I was at the bar last night and I saw a guy wearing an Indian Wells snapback. And so I asked him where he got it. Cause I wanted to buy one. I'm, I'm going to buy one. Um, because the, the limit, there's seemingly no limit to the amount of tennis merchandise I'll purchase. And I, the, the guy asked me, well, who's your favorite tennis player? And who, who would you say? I said, who would you guess? Uh, I'm not going to go with Casper Rude, but I'm out of ideas. So. I'm just That's trying to the, think. That, are you, are you Medvedev of your favorite? No, I think he's Trevor's number 2,000 on my list. Money. It's, it's got to be like Brooksby 2021. It's incorrect. Like, I thought you said Kyrgios. Is that who you said? I said Dan Evans. Uh, oh, wow. have said I Taylor love Dan Evans. He, yeah, Taylor. he was 50 to 1 odds on the yeah. list of who you're going to name. I, well, if, I think if you have to pick one person to like, if you if I wanted to pick one person to watch a tennis match up close of anybody, it, it would probably be Ben Evans. I mean, it's very entertaining to watch because he's not very good at tennis, but he, he's a very smart <laughs> tennis player. I'm just thinking, and he wins all these matches. Sorry, I'm thinking from the it. gambling side, if Fritz would have kept it going, you might have just kept it going. That was, I mean, that was. Or can we say that the Fritz Zang match was maybe the best match so far in the men's oh. side? Unbelievable, unbelievable match. And I, I, I mean, that might segue us into what I wanted to talk about. But if Taylor Fritz wins the French Open or goes to the final and I get to hedge out of that future, he's my favorite tennis player of all time. We'll get to that in a second. Zico, I want to talk to you for, for a minute here because you've been up to speed. You're like the resident court condition expert. <laughs> you've heard that this is the fastest tournament. Is this what you've seen? I mean, that's what the reputation is. It precedes itself for clay court events. But what's your thoughts on how it's been playing at Madrid? Yeah, I don't know how I ended up getting this title, but I do, I do think it has, been, it has been playing as fast as I think it would have. And I do think that, you know, you're seeing some of Sabalenka scores and that's kind of showing the way that her power is translating. And yeah, I, I have a segue there as well, but I'll wait. I'll wait until a little bit later. 
Well, let's let's gear up with this. So this has been the uh, land of the unseeded wins on the men's side. And uh, I know a couple of the names you guys have each brought up personally and publicly is the Karatsev run, in addition to the John Leonard Struff run. So, Gruskin, I can, uh, we can start with you here. Struff and Karatsev, two different type of players, but two players that have had clay court success before. Were you surprised at all, not just that they were able to do it, but that they were able to do it here at Madrid? surprised yes and no I mean what Jan Leonard Struff has done over the course of the past six weeks is just not something you see very frequently and as recently as the end of March this is a guy who is ranked outside the top 100 he's now made back-to-back quarterfinals in Monte Carlo and Madrid he's up to number 41 in the live rankings and It's not like this is a 22-year-old, 23-year-old breaking through the pro ranks for the first time. Guy turned 33 this year. Like, Mm -hmm. he's got kids. And I had the chance to talk to him on our Cracked Interviews podcast when we saw him in Phoenix. And it was fascinating. There's a purpose to him now. He was very clear about that, that he's much more efficient with his time, with how he goes about preparing himself for these matches. I think you see that. I think it also helps that conditions in Monte Carlo as Zico mentioned in Madrid play a little bit quicker his ball flies through the air his aggression thrives here he would be the less surprising of the two that said I imagine the tennis public at large probably more prepared for yeah given what he did it was a you know, a little bit ago now, it was also a short window, but he was obliterating players two short years ago. He beat Djokovic on clay in 2021. Like, we're not that far removed from that. And and it was, and that was no cheapy either. I yeah, mean, that no. was a three-set battle uh, that was in Serbia. That was a very, very well-played match by both men. And I think because Djokovic has had weird losses on clay and over the last few years, I think it's, like, easy to be like, oh, well, you know, he lost to Karatsev in Serbia. But that was, I mean, he earned that win. He, he This is a talented tennis player when he puts it all together. He did. And uh, it's hard to believe he dropped out of the top 100. He will be back now. But yeah, that, there's there's two different sides there. Kenny, I know Struff is someone that not only have you enjoyed what he's done, but you're kind of leaning on him tomorrow even with the spread, I should say. Yeah, it's a guy that's beaten Stefano Sitsipas twice. And I think Sitsipas was uh, the, the correct bet, the correct side. I did not have that side yesterday. But uh, it, admittedly, uh, coming off a very poor match, I thought that uh, the chances were definitely there that he could rebound. But tomorrow, you know, this is a guy in, in Jan Leonard's truth. We were just talking about him. I, I think, you know, this is a, a, another talented tennis player. It was a guy before the pandemic who was winning a ton of matches. Uh, he, was, he was beating very, very talented players. And he really never recovered from that. He, he dealt with an injury. Uh, he, he dealt with a, a losing streak. And then he was just trying to grind his way through challenges. I remember watching him last year at U.S. Open qualifying, thinking he was almost there. And it wasn't really quite almost there. But it, it, was, it, it seemed inevitable that eventually he would land at a tournament where he was able to you know, enjoy the conditions or really just in general uh, start to pick up his play. Because he, he needed a few good results, and he got him at the challenger level this year. And then he got, obviously, some main draw wins as well, going to the quarters in Monte Carlo. But, you know, I think he has uh, – he loves to serve in volley. He, he has a big serve, uh, a big forehand, and I think a lot of people usually 
just think he's a grass court or hard court player, but he's had ton of ton of wins on mm. clay. And especially in these conditions, we're talking about the ball just absolutely flying through the air, flying through the court. I rate that win over Pedro Kachin very high. I thought Pedro Kachin played an excellent match. He had success in Madrid at the challenger level. He had a great week uh, or week and a half, I guess, however many days he played tennis. The Dusan Lajevic match, I mean, Lajevic was is one of the hottest clay court players in the world right now. Ben Shelton uh, came yeah. out firing in that match, like a very – very strong a murderer's row of opponent really when you when you also consider he beat sonigo um and uh but yeah i mean i, I think he's ready to to you know put in some work against city pass they've always played close matches for the most part um i think they've played five times across all levels so i think he's got a great chance to to win this match but at the very least just cover the four and a half games i think that's a little bit unfair to the way that he's played right he has definitely been battle tested and uh, i want to flip it to the opponent in this one uh, Zico looking at Sitsipas, and we're going to kind of dabble into French Open and you know some futures and who we like going in there. Where's the vibe check with Stefanos's game? I know backhand, there's been a lot said, he said some of it, but where are we at with Sitsipas in this match beyond as he aims to get back to that French Open final? Yeah, so I mean, I'm with Kenny. I think that four and a half is a lot to be giving Stroop. I mean, it's just you know, you could be six, seven, six, and six, three. That's not even. You know, it doesn't even have to be that close of a loss for him to cover. It's just a lot of games. But I do think that Sitsipas has shown us a lot over the last few weeks. Whether or not he's playing through an injury, I'm like, I'm not sure. He keeps saying he is, so it's hard to really, you know, trust him. But he's gone to the, you know, he went to the final last tournament. Now it's, you know, there's a pretty good chance he's going to do it again. So you'd have to think that he has as good a shot as anyone to make an extended run in Roland Garros, especially with, you know, Nadal potentially out, Djokovic not playing very well. Just to jump on that, on the Tsitsipas vibes check, it's not just this year. It's the past three years. Since the start of 2021, he's 49 and 11 on clay courts. And I understand the backhand return is something that's always going to be targeted. Look at the numbers. Last 52 weeks, he's breaking serve 20.3% of the time. That's not great. On clay, since the start of 2021, he's breaking serve 29.2% of the time. That's a top 15 number uh, amongst top 50 players on the dirt. And, you know, again, he doesn't lose anything with his serve on this surface. And just in terms of French Open vibes check, it is so important for Stefano Tsitsipas to get another shot at Carlos Alcaraz because Alcaraz did him dirty in that Barcelona final. Like there was just, there was like no, drop shots yeah, there was just, there was no pathway for a CT pass yeah. victory. And the only shot he gets at beating him is to just get another look and to get repetitions. And so if your CT pass yeah. draw has opened up, you have to make the final in Madrid this week. Draw I, I would say, yeah. I, sorry, I would say vibe wise with CT pass. One of the things that I watched it during that match, watched for during that match was any sort of, obviously he gets frustrated. Right. But I, the fact that, We've seen, I think, the level of frustration for Tsitsipas when he plays Alcaraz, and it dates back to that Miami run he had last year at Carlos anyway. Like, I think I think he Tsitsipas thought that if he brought his best game, right, the first time he uh, lost to Alcaraz, I don't think he played his best game. And I think in his mind, he thought, okay, well, if I just play better next time, I will win. And he did not. And that was the match where he fired the ball at Carlos's head out of frustration, yep. which we should never forget about with this guy. He should never be forgiven uh, because he, I don't think he ever apologized for it. Um, so anyway, that, that being said, like, you know, there's always been this level of frustration when he's played Alcaraz because he's just needed the win. He's wanted the win so bad. And I thought he was really gracious in defeat. I feel like he's trying to take some steps now to like not tilt as much when he loses and just kind of be a little more of a sportsman and just maybe, 
calm himself down internally. Now, I don't know if it has to do with his family and his box or whatever. Like there was some drama there this week or last week. But, um, you know, I, I do feel like the vibes are a little bit better with him. But I, I still don't feel like he's all the way back to where he was, you know, when he went to the Roland Garros final and, and he was this like hungry up and comer. Like it sort of feels like he's he he, know, he knows that he's he's reached the peak of where he can really go. Um, I mean, he could win a Grand Slam. I think he will once, you know, either Carlos gets injured or, you know, Rafa and Novak retire. Like, he, you know, he'll win a Grand Slam. But I do feel like he knows that maybe he's he's not as good as some of these younger guys at him now. And so um, I think maybe he's come to accept it. And I feel like maybe he's he's in a little bit better of a headspace now. But I don't know. I mean, vibes are very, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're non-numerical. So I don't really know how to really break that down. But I, I would say that they're a little bit better with Steph than they have been maybe in the last couple of years. So, so never be forgiven. That's pretty strong. If you want to be forgiven for it, and uh, by the way, someone near and dear to my heart, Jack Draper, what did Jack Draper do wrong oh, when yeah, Stefano's was... fired a ball at his head, That's right? What this is really about. Yeah, it's about there. Jack Draper. No, I... um, hey, but before we get to Alcaraz, obviously there's a lot to say about what this guy's been doing. I do want to mention that two of, two of you here, Kenny and Zach, run opposite sides of Altmaier and George, which is going on right now. Uh, Zico, you were looking at it from an underdog status, if I have that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, I had a plus two and a half for Altmaier. I just thought, you know, George played like a three and a half hour match yesterday. I was against uh, Davidovich Makina for the exact same reason the match before. I could see, you know, this going a little bit later on and George, you know, losing his legs a little bit. I thought he started too against the Spaniard last match. Yeah, Kenny, yeah. George, high upside guy, which we know. He just comes out of, out of nowhere seemingly and he just wins Cincinnati or goes on deep runs. But you don't think the fatigue is going to be an issue with this guy? No, and he's he's also made his way into the first service game of Daniel Altmaier here. At, we're at thirty all, but I I, I think, con, uh, like you were talking about, Strew four and a half games is way too many. I think two and a half games is not enough for a guy that is way better than his opponent here. And I know Altmaier's had success at altitude. He's had success on clay before. He's beaten Matteo Berrettini on clay before, uh, if I'm not mistaken, at the French Open. I think that was a real result. And I know you have to check also. I like that Mitch didn't re – he was like, are we sure about this, that Kenny wasn't the one on the underdog? I've been pretty impressed with the level that George has, has brought. And, and that forehand, that serve, uh, you know, just as dangerous than anything Altmaier can bring to the table in these conditions. We'll see. If Altmaier is able to take the first set, it could get very, very interesting. I'm not sure Chorch has the legs for a comeback, but um, I think he's, I think he's playing, you know, right back at the level we saw him play in Cincinnati last year. Where I feel like I, I was sort of waiting for that to come back. I, I wasn't really super impressed with anything he put together this year, um, but now I feel like he's definitely balling. And we know that this guy is a top 15 talent when he's like really on his A game, or maybe maybe top 20 now there's a lot more guys but um yeah I, I i like him to cover this spread i think it's too short we're just opening up in that match so we'll see i don't think we'll have a result when we're done here unless there's a retirement or something which would be a no bet so then you guys can both be happy <laughs> introducing coco golf's signature shoe more than just a tennis shoe it's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette it's designed to enhance speed and power on the court the multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out the coco cg1 empowers you to dominate the game learn more and purchase the coco cg1 at newbalance.com with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, Gruskin, I wanted to talk to you about the man of the hour, Carlos Alcaraz, who wins again over Hatchinoff. Hatchinoff's such a fighter. Gave him a tough match, was up in the second, but Alcaraz just keeps coming on clay. He's so dangerous. And I just I want to ask you this com- from kind of an open-ended standpoint. Are we in a world now where it's going to be impossible to find value already on Alcaraz because he just handles business at an amazing clip for anyone, let alone his age? I guess it depends on what you mean by value because you look at the French Open odds right now, Alcaraz is still plus odds, plus 120, and I think Djokovic is at plus 250. And I just don't know what the argument is for not laying a little bit of money on both of those guys right now, because I think if nothing else, the definitive thing Carlos Alcaraz has taught us here in 2023, I'm not saying he's better than Novak Djokovic. I'm saying Carlos Alcaraz can look in the mirror and say, yeah, I'm the best player in the world right now. And I don't think any of us could tell him otherwise. Now, of course we need to see the Djokovic Alcaraz matchup because In the month of January, we saw Novak Djokovic definitively answer the question, I am the best player in the world. And it's been a while since we've had two players, I guess not named Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic, two of the three, but, you know, multiple guys who can stake a claim to saying, I have played tennis that is number one in the world worthy. And all of us fans with our eyes can say, yeah, that's very true. Now, of course, numbers wise, you know, Alcaraz is 56 and 12 in his career on clay courts. I think that includes a future. So it's 52 and 11 in his career now on clay courts. It's the third best win percentage amongst active players. He trails just Nadal and Djokovic. This kid, what, turns 20 years old in two days. Like, it's a ridiculous start for Carlos Alcaraz. We all see it with our eyes. When he has time on the forehand wing, it's the most dangerous thing in tennis right now. And guess what? revelation on clay courts on these red bricks you see behind me you have more time and he just has all the time in the world and so it's true I have never lost a set of tennis to Carlos Alcaraz but many players in the world right now struggling to beat him you get plus odds lay it on him lay it on Djokovic when they play in the final kick your legs up and enjoy it my only ad would be there's maybe value in a live set odds when he's down because he just comes back. Like, he But did. even then, it's yeah. like, yeah, but he's still minus 250. Like, if he's down <laughs> a set in 4-1, even then they're like, all right, we'll give you minus 110. Like, I, that's so, like it. Yeah. I've, I've touched down before that I've won a lot of money betting on Alcaraz to not hold serve on clay because it, it, you know, in certain matches anyway, because that has been one of the concerns. And also – if I can retort, and I love Carlos Alcaraz. I, I had I won a lot of money on him winning the U.S. Open last year, thanks to uh, some, some stale lines at some 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 books. But you know, I, I do think that the one argument that you can make against Carlos Alcaraz, and I'm not I'm not really the one making this argument. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. If we want to look at potential reasons why not to trust him at the French Open, I think for I think we all agreed going into the French Open that. Not only was Carlos Alcaraz, I think his odds shifted from like plus a thousand, like plus two hundred. He was, I think, a co-favorite uh, at, at that point. But he beat Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, and Alexander Zverev in succession in Madrid to win that title. He won Barcelona. He probably would have won the Sunshine Double if it weren't for incredibly windy conditions at Indian Wells. And even that match with Rafa was very close. He was already sort of at this level, right? And you this know, this is it, an it, argument against. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, yeah we're- because, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I'm, I'm the king of interrupting, so I'm not going to ever have any sort of legs to stand on when it comes to please let me finish my sentence. But with that said, he goes into the French Open. He goes down two sets to one to our favorite clay quarter, Albert ramos He, uh, And then he loses to Alexander Zverev in a match where you want to talk about value on Carlos Alcaraz a lot. I think he was like a pick em live after he went down two sets to one um, and ended up, or sorry, two sets to love. I think it was a very, very close. Uh, the, 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 the odds were pretty close at that point. And he lost that match. And like, what happens if he runs into a buzzsaw here? What happens if Klayler Fritz continues so that, to play the yeah. way he's playing or Zverev wakes up or Djokovic reminds us that Joke, you know, he's Novak Djokovic. And I, I just think like we had the same exact feels going into Roland Garros last year that I think we have this year. Maybe it's a little bit elevated because Carlos has continued to win tournaments. But, you know, that was one tournament that, that gave him issues. And, uh, you know, I know like... Was that because he, he, it's who he played or, I mean... Because a guy like Zverev plays a style, and I don't—I know you're a Fritz fan. We obviously. Well, know I that. think they play the same style. That's my that's point. I mean, like, is that a little bit better on the net. That, but. Is that somebody that style, or I mean, you could expand on that? Is it that we are talking best of five? And I know Alcaraz is the most fit guy alive, but that's where Djokovic and Nadal, if he's healthy, yep. that's where those guys live, and you know, have won so much. So is well, especially it, on a clay court? Yeah. But I mean, I, 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 I mean, there's a lot of what if he runs into Jan, his friend Yannick Sinner, and and Sinner's crushing the ball through him like that. And that's always been a troublesome matchup for him, a guy that brings a lot of power. So, look, I think, I think you know, he's a deserving favorite, but I'm not saying there's any value here in taking him at plus 130 to win this tournament because, I mean, like I said, last year the odds were sort of similar going into Roland Garros, and we had a very similar basis to go on. Like, okay, he won, what was it, 10 straight clay court matches going into Roland Garros, and uh, then, then he, then he, he went out in disappointing fashion. And Zverev won that match, right? Like yeah. Zverev was going to beat Nadal in a, a lot of our eyes in that in, in that uh, quarterfinal match. It was until he rolled his ankle because um, it was like a three-hour match at that point in the second set. But you know, I, like I said, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying it's not I like mean, guaranteed that this guy's going to win. I, and down. I and I get what you're saying in the sense of you're we're putting a lot of just respect and deserve it so but it's still a lot to ask someone as a plus 120 110 favorite to win uh fritz is somebody that could be dangerous we know did want to mention one of the comments in the chat tomorrow they want us to know about zang plus two and a half games tomorrow so zico is there value in that bet do you think this kid keeps it going the first chinese man to ever play in the main draw at wimbledon he's on a, a cinderella run does he keep it going is this good value yeah i mean if i was going to take that i'd almost take the money line i think it was like plus 195 i mean the, the reason you do it is you just don't trust Karatsev as a as a huge favorite, and I don't. So I do think that there's a chance he wins that match. I was really impressed with the way he played against Fritz. I haven't seen much of him, but I mean, he can really move and he can really hit the hit the crap out of the ball. Yeah, Gruskin, what's your breakdown of what Zhang can do, and if this is legit or if this is a run that might not lead to much more? First of all, the 26 year old is is a monster physically. Like by tennis standards, the guy is jacked. And you can see that on court, how well he holds his ground, how much pace and how much weight of shot is behind every ground stroke that he hits. I mean, look, 7-6 in the third over Shapovalov, 7-6 in the third over Nori, 7-6 in the third over Fritz. I'm not saying this run belongs in the Hall of Fame because he's got to finish it with the title. But, you know, it's it's remarkable to see what he's done, you know, up to top 70 now in the world it's a stay away from me. I want no part of the Karatsev follow-up <laughs> act. I want no part yeah. of that match at all. I think there's better value on the board. Um, but I, yeah, I yeah. guess if you're going to lean one way, 
take the take whatever whichever side has better odds. Lean that way. It sounds like you're pointing us to the over seven six seven six seven six. Well, the question is like, he can't do it a fourth time, can he? Like twenty six years old, but geez. I I agree with I agree with Gruskin here, and I would also point out that I mean, look, Karatsev's been there and done that, right? I mean, look, he's I, I don't I don't well actually first quarter his... final for him at a Masters, so like right. I was gonna say I I don't think he's ever had a great result at the Masters, but he obviously went to the semifinals in Australia. He's mm-hmm. won tournaments before. He's beaten top ten opponents. Like, I, I, look, I, it, uh, this is another match like Russ. I, I'm staying away. I'm not touching yeah. it. I did consider Zhang because of the way he played against Fritz. But eventually, right, th- it, whether it's the nerves or the progressive fatigue, it's going to get to him. You saw last uh, yesterday, last la- I was going to say last evening or last night, it was a pretty late match. He failed to serve out that match against Fritz. The nerves got the best of him. He had the match point on his serve. Fritz hit the unbelievable pass uh, to, to stay in that match. He won that match, and he played an insane mm-hmm. match. But, like, Three straight three setters, a lot of time on court, and a guy that is going to be absolutely blasting the ball uh, at you. And like Fritz was not really winning; he was not getting ahead in the baseline exchanges. When Karatsev plays that game, he will take the racket out of your hands, and he's been serving a lot better, which is scary, I think, for me for Zhang. Because the, yeah. the one thing we know about Karatsev is he's an amazing returner on clay. He will get the point uh, immediately flipped into his favor, and he's really struggled to hold serve. But with the way he's serving right now. Uh, I, I am very, very optimistic about him in this match. And it's, I mean, like, I'm not, again, I'm not going to bet it because it's very scary to bet on Aslan Karatsev as a favorite like this. And I've, I've known because I was the Aslan Karatsev whisperer. Uh, I, I, I was on him the entire Australian, Australian open run. I've lost a lot of money on him then after that because he had the dip. So I've watched a lot of this guy. And I, I, that, that is definitely a scary price. But I do feel confident in saying he will win this match because Zhang, like, like Ruskin said, eventually – it's gonna mm. it's gonna end for him. I don't think he's gonna continue. Well, that's a great breakdown. I I think this is a, a total toss up as well. So we'll see. Uh, before we wrap this up, it's been a blast talking tennis bets. Gruskin, what kind of best bets do you have? I know you're always good for a few. We got the women's semifinals set in stone. Who do you like in that? And what other men's matches are you targeting? Yeah, I like for the women's semifinal. And we saw Sviantek already did her job. I got an adjusted line. I got her minus four and a half games. I think she covered a nine game spread. So I just think it's a generational talent on clay. Watch her hit a sliding backhand. Then I challenge anyone make a video of yourself trying to do that. And I'm not saying we'll pay for the hip surgery because we won't, but you'll have to after you try it. Um, And so I took her today. I just think her and Sabalenka are better than everyone else on this surface. And so if the bet is Sabalenka to beat Sakari, just straight money line and eager to win as she did, you can get it minus 118. That felt good to me. Again, we're halfway home. I am not going to hedge. No disrespect to Maria Sakari, who's fine. She's not Sabalenka. This would be my best bet of the day. Mm. They haven't played on clay, have they? They they played. Oh, Sakari and Sabalenka. This is their first play it's court quite match. a lot, but that sounds that lot, sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, it's funny how Sabalenka just assumes that number two clay court role. Yeah. First was Barty, now it's Ego, but there's Sabalenka. And if she one can those move. Two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I agree. It's it is nuts. The only other stat I saw with that was that Kudermatova has a winning record versus I think the top five or top ten, top five. Yeah, but no, I know it's ego though. But it's, it's not an- exactly exactly perfectly put, yeah. Rich. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, what other bets, Zico? What else are you targeting as we kind of wrap this one down? Don't don't interrupt Zico. He's watching uh, Daniel Altmar get broken right now. Actually, you did he just get broken? Face. I'm like no, no. It's thirty forty. I don't know why. Um, no, but I was gonna say earlier. I do think that Sabalenka plus fourteen hundred 
to win the French Open is a really good value. I just feel like she's getting to the final of all these events. Like, why not just take her, hope she does it again, and then you hedge? I just don't understand how anyone has better odds than her that isn't named Iga. Like, she's not the second best odds right now, and that's just wrong. So I agree with you, Zico. <laughs> it, it, it is crazy. She's yeah. she's plus 1,100 to win this tournament, and I think that's on FanDuel, and that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal an opportunity to talk about Claylor Fritz here for a second because I want to get your guys' opinions uh, – Plus 10,000 to win Roland Garros. Frankly, Felix at plus 8,000 as well is crazy. But I think a lot of these odds, because you're mentioning, you know, you want to half of that. Like you say Taylor Fritz to win the French Open or Felix to win the French, whatever. That sounds crazy, right? Because you got Novak Djokovic, Carlos Alcaraz, they're probably going to be in the final there. But all, all you need is the draw to break right for Fritz to get to the final or the semifinal even. And then you can start to consider hedging your ticket. Um, which is an insane number. Uh, you know, you, yeah. you put 50 bucks on it, you know, you, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to do the math for you, but that's $5,000. So yeah, I think, I think that's an insane value on a guy that's a top 10 player right now. He's ripping through clay. And the thing I, I've been saying is you look at his odds to win the U.S. Open, they're, I think, plus 5,000. So are, we, are you telling me that he's this much worse on clay? I don't think he is. Maybe mar- he's marginally worse, but he, clearly he can still play on clay. And it's not an overreaction to Madrid which everyone wanted to say as well, because this guy went to the semis in Monte Carlo, which is very slow clay, right? So yeah. Zico, you can back me up there. So I don't know. I think that's an insane value. I think that's an insane price on Fritz. He's very hot. He's going to be good on clay. He, or he is good on clay. He's going to be uh, playing well at Roland Garros. And uh, he's also got a chip on his shoulder. He, he went out first round of the last two slams. Uh, I think I think this guy's going to come out with, with fire in his eyes. That, that sounds like a really smart bet that gets you to like the quarters of the semis and get you yeah. to Carlos Alcaraz. <laughs> and, then, and, and then, you know, Carlos is minus 400 and you, and you know, little, and then you okay. hedge. That's yeah. how, that's how you bet tennis futures. You don't, you're not saying this. I mean, you're not, a lot of times you're not calling someone to just win straight up like Sabalenka. We're going to bet Sabalenka. And then when she meets Fiatic in the final, you hedge, you make some money and there you go. That, that you then go. that's your program. Well, fellas, this was fun. Uh, Kenny, always a pleasure hearing you defend your guys. Zico will find you on uh, tennis.com covering gambling. Gruskin, always a blast. And Crack Rackets, the busiest guy in tennis. And, you know, a man of many Zoom backgrounds as well. So this was <laughs> very, very fun. I can't wait to see what's next for you. But blast, fellas, and uh, always fun talking bets with you boys. Always a pleasure. Appreciate all you do, Mitch. We're back next week, every Wednesday during clay court season. This is Tennis Bets. Check us on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network as well. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Thanks to Mike Hasten for producing. We'll see you next week. Let's make some money.